four, five, six, seven point. One water from that. Here's Kelly. Stop. It's there again. And what a moment. Tony Brown there to come up from wing back. At 57 years of age. What a man. Hi, this is Michael Fenley here, former Intercounty to Kenny Harden. I had the pleasure today chatting to one of Waterford's most capped players and possibly having one of the longest intercounty careers at senior hurling level in the GA, and that is Tony Brown. All the way down to and here's a chance, and it's a goal by Tony Brown. The Waterford fans delighted. Brown came in. Okay, so down today in Dungarvan, uh, down in Macy's pub, here to meet Tony Brown. Tony, thanks very much for taking your time to uh, to, to be here today to do this podcast. Uh, funnily enough, you know, I spoke to you maybe about two months ago about the podcast, and, and to be fair to you, you said you'd do it, no problem there. And then maybe a month later then, we were lining out against each other on the, um, the Kilkenny and Waterford Legends game on the Bank Holiday June, or sorry, the Bank Holiday May weekend. So uh, it was it was funny how it all came about in the end. But uh, just actually on the game itself, actually, or on that day, um, how, how did you go on that day, or what did you think of the day itself? Or it was it was a lovely sun, sunny evening, obviously. Yeah, well, it was a fantastic evening down there, Michael. Um, it just you know I suppose I've been retired now a couple of years. It just brought a little bit of life back into me and meeting all the lads in the dressing room. I suppose down in Kilmacow, a place that uh, years ago when I started off hurling underage in the city leagues, Kilmacow actually would have been in uh, Watford so I would have had a connection there with a lot of people you know Excellent. not, not normally uh, I'm the type of fellow I, I, I normally don't do a lot of things like that even on this like a podcast <laughs> I, I'm, I'm usually hard to tie down and stuff like that but um, I have to say when Jim gave me the call and I heard the, the, the people that were coming down to it and DJ and yourself and even Owen Larkin and all these boys it was uh, it was just a, a brilliant family yeah. evening all together and the main thing was from what I hear they raised uh, a, a decent few pounds for a fantastic cause for for Peter House, yeah, no, it definitely was. And to be fair, to again, we probably had a few younger boys, obviously, well, <laughs> younger in terms of <laughs> of the ages, but uh, but no, it was it was good. And uh, I suppose look, the reason again, I, I'm doing this this podcast for yourself is I suppose I'm, I'm interested in the, in the longevity of your career, the amount of years you've actually played. I don't know the not I don't know the exact number, so hopefully you can uh, fill me in on that. And also, I suppose life after hurling, you know, how have you found the transition? You're retired maybe about four odd years now, but I want to know maybe a bit more about the transition and how, how you found that, and even working, I suppose, during your hurling years as well. Yeah. So, um, first of all, yeah, years playing, Tony, when does when it start and when does it finish? Yeah, well, I suppose, looking back on it, I was always someone that never really looked back. I always kind of, you know, looked forward, but I suppose it, looking back is only something you do when you actually retire, Michael, and, you know, looking back at it, you'd say, you know, how did you do it, or... Where did you find the appetite for it, or how did the body even do it? You know, and you look at the modern game nowadays, and you say, "Listen, if you got eight to ten years, you're doing really, really well out of it." And um, and I was I was lucky in a sense that from an injury point of view, uh, you know, I was lucky in that regard. I, I suppose you know all about injuries yourself and things like that when they come at you. They, you know, they can have a huge impact on your career and stuff like that. But I was always. Um, I was always uh, lucky like that, and uh, it allowed me to continue. But I suppose twenty-two years. Why did I do it? I suppose number one, uh, I loved what I was doing. Uh, number two, when I fell into inter-county scene, like you know, 
my first years were fairly barren with Watford and then I suppose Gerald McCarthy came in and gave us a taste of you know what it took maybe he had done it he had won in All-Ireland and various things and gave us a taste of what uh, what we needed to do in order to play in the big league and be at the you know be at the table with the big boys and stuff like that and I really bought into that at that time and that's when my career really changed where I suppose I got the longevity out of doing the right things and you know died various things like that but look anyone who does something for that amount of time they they, they really only need one ingredient that and that is passion you know and I had that passion for it at the time I was chasing a dream the dream didn't happen I enjoyed the journey would I do it again I would um, uh, and um, and as I said like the dream was there and you know I suppose a little bit of longevity too Michael really was following that dream to a sense when you go past the 10 years and 15 years and new kids are coming in on the team yeah. and you see maybe you know it might happen next year it might happen next year and uh, unfortunately it didn't but look I have to say working with all the managers I, I probably went through I would say maybe uh, three to four different uh, teams in personnel over that period of time so that's, that's unbelievable yeah, it's, it's unbelievable itself, you think yeah. about you know and um, and it was it, it was great yeah excellent just uh, actually you mentioned injuries what's your most serious injury uh, in that 21 years yeah well well the, the one that springs to mind really was uh, 98 was a very special year for me in a sense that well it was bittersweet but uh, in a sense that I found really good form I hadn't, hadn't bought into the, you know the modern day train and then changing everything and taking me hurling series and, and, and stuff like that um, I, I picked up hurler a bit like yourself I picked up hurler a year or something that is very special and huge honour you know when your fellow players vote mm-hmm. you in and that and it's fantastic and I picked up a very serious injury in 1999 uh, I'd done all my ankle ligaments and I suppose a little bit like um, you know even Austin Gleeson at the time you look at certain players when you win a, an award as that like you really want to go at it again the next year as I said I, I had done all my ligaments in the first game against uh, I think it was against um, Limerick at the time and I just wanted to stay playing and stay playing and you know I just I should never have entered the field it's one, it's one big I suppose learning curve that I would never do again is, is, is try to get out there on a the field when I have an injury because you get no pat on the back when you don't play well or you don't win or whatever you know and I was a bit green in that area and people you know were kind of saying at the time oh it's all in his head and this but I was very very badly injured at the time and I suppose it took uh, Gerard Hartman in Limerick I'm sure you're aware yeah. of Gerard yeah it took Gerard kind of to get me back on the road get me going again and build it all back up again and a couple um, of months I presume like you know. yeah well it really put me out for the whole season like well, it, yeah. it went to the extent of uh, I suppose from hurler the year to 99 be very badly injured and playing games on it and not you know and not yeah. playing well and it went to a stage even where I was getting taken off in the club and you know people thought it was a confidence thing but it wasn't and Okay. Lucky enough, you know, I took the, took the bull by the horns and, you know, it wasn't happening for me on a, on a, on a medical side in, in kind of Waterford and that type of thing. And um, and someone hooked me up with chair and I built it back over the winter, over over about six months and got myself back on the road and back going again, you know. So what age, when you won the Hurler of the Year, uh, what year was that? It was 1998. Roughly what age were you? I turned that up my head there, but I would have been in my early 20s, early 20s. probably summer tw- 25, yeah. something like that, you know. 
without a shadow of a doubt, the following year, I would have found a bit of pressure personally to go out in the league games and to ex- you know, have the same expectation as last year. Yeah. And I would have thought to myself, God, players are out there now thinking they're marking me maybe hurler the year. So, you know, they're, they're going for me basically. Or the fellow who's marking me, like, you know, that, that's the way I'd be thinking now if, if, if the roles were reversed. Yeah. And that was a wrong frame of mind for me, yeah. you know. And realistically, I did need someone to help, you know, uh, process those thoughts better. Mm-hmm. Because I was not playing that particularly well those couple of months and uh, and I was looking to do something extra as well myself you know I was looking for that you know trying to prevent injuries I suppose yoga maybe and, and I was doing yoga the day before uh, Bikram yoga the day before uh, league games on a Saturday and so that thing would that, that, that Bikram yoga you end up I suppose stretching muscles you've never stretched as deep before you're under severe heat then as well of maybe 30 odd degrees so you're sweating a, a whole lot mm. uh, you're tired you're dehydrated so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the worst stuff I could have been doing right. uh, but again it was just I felt I had to do something and it was obviously the wrong thing to do and obviously I wasn't telling anyone about it either mm. um, and I can definitely see from your point of view in terms of your injury people are saying it's in his head maybe um, and if you, if you do have such a, a great year the year previous you know there is expectations of delivering that back to back and and we can't put more pressure on ourselves so but that's an interesting one good angle for Tony normally and it's a sweet score two points for Tony Brown the 90s from what I've seen in the 90s, I was probably 95, I was 10 years of age, so you know, 11, 12, 13. So over those 90s, you know, there were great hurling times, you know, especially in Munster in particular. Uh, what's your recollection of the 90s? You know, it was championship, it was knockout, correct, was it? Knockout yeah, championship. Yeah. Um, was it as hyped as it was? Like, you know, was it as tough as it was? Or what's your what's your thoughts on that back then? Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing I'd, I'd say to you is back in the 90s, man, you're making me feel old now when you're saying <laughs> you're like 10 years old and that, you know, but... My recollection of it really is is that, you know, a little bit like uh, it is at the moment, the teams back then uh, uh, were very, very evenly matched. There was opportunities kind of there. You've seen Clare coming through in 95 and 97, I think, and uh, there was real opportunity there. Some teams were in transition and various things were going on and stuff like that, you know. But uh, there was knockout there for a few years. I don't think knockout have done anyone any favours for counties like Waterford that were really, really passionate about their hurling. They weren't classed as probably one of the traditional counties. And, uh, you know, you're trained for a certain few months and all of a sudden then, you know, you're gone. And there was no there was no room there for progression or no room there for opportunity or no room there for a chance to showcase your skills yeah. or to showcase that you're actually a decent hurler, you know. And it was, uh, you're right, it was rough, it was rough and it was tough, it mightn't have been pretty at times. And uh, I suppose some of the things going on back then, you'd, you'd never get away with them now and stuff <laughs> like that. You'd be arrested. You'd be arrested, you know. But it was exciting and, and, and that's, yeah. you know, that's what I grew up on. But I have to say that transition from that period into the modern world, like I really took it on board and really grasped it and really enjoyed it and really enjoyed the kind of professionalism that came into it and what I really grasped was I suppose that they gave us that chance I think they brought in the back door I think in 1998 and that allowed Watford to build a platform uh, and, and, and us as players that didn't get that opportunity like I didn't take my hurling seriously until I was 23, 24 because I grew up in an era where Watford weren't winning anything I had nothing to uh, I had no foundation to work off. I, I, I know we had some fantastic players in Waterford back then at the time, but they never got the chance, they never got the opportunity, they never had the big managers, they never, you know, with disrespect to uh, previous managers or whatever, but 
as soon as 1998 came in, it gave us that opportunity to, I suppose, launch ourselves and, and, and bring ourselves in, into, uh, into, I suppose, the Kilkenny's and the Corks and the Clare's, to bring us into that environment. And the more experience we got in that environment, so like anything in life, the more experience you get in something, the more confidence you'll get. Uh, we just got that little bit of confidence and we grew from there then and was lucky enough then to pick up a few monster, monster titles along the way, something that was massive to Watford hurling back then, you know. Just, uh, just want to stick on 98 for a second as well because obviously it was a, a very important personal time for yourself and you won that prestigious Player of the Year award, you know, which is it's unbelievable for, I suppose, not winning all Ireland's back then and you were picked out as, as one of the players. Um, would you have been scoring points from sideline cuts and that? <laughs> and, and would you got a goal or two that year maybe? That's what's springing in my mind. So mm. Can you refresh my mind on that? Billy O'Sullivan going down on it with Anthony Kerwin. Here's Billy now. Putting it across, good ball, here's a chance, and that's an excellent score by Tony Brown. I anticipated at least that he was going to get a score, and I thought it was going to be from a sideline, it came from play instead. Would you believe I tried to do one of them down at Kilmacow uh, there when we were playing <laughs> last week, I, I, I got visions of 1998 there under the stand in, in, in Turles, so putting a couple of balls over the bar, and I'm saying, oh, you know what, I can still do this, and... I was hoping Derek McGrath be up on the bank there and say, you know what, he can still do it or whatever, you know. But uh, but look, as as I said to you, '98 did give us the platform. It was a, it, it was a massive year, and it was all different uh, talking points and aspects to, uh, to that year, you know. And it was real championship, and as I said, there weren't much between the teams, and you know the passion was running high, and you had you had managers that were involved that were very passionate as well, and I suppose got away with things those days that mm-hmm. we wouldn't get away with today and as I said to you just previously there a few minutes ago that you know 98 was, was, was bittersweet for me sweet in a sense that I found great form I, I thrived on the, 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 the uh, I suppose given that opportunity and that chance and that uh, to play in that environment and I really grasped that and thrived on that and uh, and you know as well as I do you, 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 it's not often that you find a consistency in that high level of form in your career Um you know every year and, mm. and I found that and I made sure that I wasn't going to I wasn't going to lose it that year and not you know nothing was going to distract me from it Excellent. and um, and bitter in a sense Michael that I felt that in 98 that it was a real opportunity there for us to win in All-Ireland you know we probably should have bet Clare and that monster finally went to a replay which was a dark day in the, the, the replay after Clare bet us on, on experience and, and and that I suppose the second day but I felt that Watford had a real opportunity to win that All-Ireland in 1998 actually yourselves beat us by a point in the semi-final, in the semi-final which was, 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 was heartbreaking you know I, I do believe we were a better team on the day and just I can I never forget it I remember a DJ hitting a, a miss hit free and I went the whole way in, into the goal and uh, I, I just felt today it wasn't going to be our day you know yeah. and um and I felt that had we went on, we might have won that All Ireland in 1998, which I think may have opened up the door to possibly uh, win one or two, maybe further after that. And and and, and that's and people often talk about 207 with us. Uh, you know, obviously um, 208 was there, and I think we were probably gone past our peak then at 208. But um, but 1998, I think was 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 one some opportunity, yeah. The Clare game, just to quickly, obviously you mentioned it there. Like that was obviously again, would have seen just highlights of it, and maybe I'm not sure they see it live at the time or not live, but on, on the TV. But that was yeah, it was a, a bit of a mayhem of a game. Um, I'd say it must have been just top your thoughts at the time. I'd say it must have been 
just this is madness, I suppose, was it? Like, you know, what, what the hell is going on? Clare were a team, and you often hear, uh, heard uh, Anthony Dalen referring to the whipping boys and monster and stuff like that, you know, and uh, he was right to a certain degree, you know, they had some heavy days against Tipperary and various things, and they just had a mentality, Clare had a mentality at that time that would almost intimidate you to a certain degree, you know, yeah. from both the sideline and on the field, and that's part and parcel of any sporting environment, you know. And I suppose we took, I suppose, a piece of that in 98 with, with, with Jared McCarthy and I said, you know what, you know, we've been given an opportunity now, we're, 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 in, we're in at the table now, yeah. we're in at the table, so it's up to us now, you know, and maybe we shouldn't become the whipping boys of Munster. And we kind of took that attitude and that mentality in there on the first day. And it really, really rattled Clare and it upset Clare and no more so than, than Gerlach Nan, you know. And... Um, I was so focused that year. I had never trained so hard in my life that year in in '98. And sometimes in any, it's like sport as well. In any environment, again, you know as well, you're part of a team sport, but there's a selfishness has to come into it too in order to succeed. You know. Doubt, yeah. yeah. And um, and I said to myself, you know what, I ain't putting in this type of training. My first priority is try winning all Ireland for Waterford, but. I said, I ain't putting in this type of training. If if we don't win the Wall Ireland, I'm I'm getting something out of it as well, you know. And um and and, and why I'm saying that is it's the second day that we went in there like there was Clare were a different animal altogether. Mm. You know, they had realised, you know, that listen, we may have bullied the team that normally does the bullying on the first day. And I'd say Gerlock Nan and the players and, and, and that weren't too happy going home on the bus with that and they decided, you know what? that's not going to happen the next day and in fairness their experience came out and you could see it you could see it in them coming out in the field that you know it was a different day and uh, their experience their physicality their strength and they set that tone very very early on in the game now what happened early on in that game you wouldn't get away with today by any means but that was the environment we were in and I hold like I hold my hands up as well I, I, I wasn't any angel on the field by any means but Clare could have broke every single hurley they had off me that day. They weren't going to s- distract my, my form, you know. If Waterford weren't going to win something, I I want something out of this year. And back in them di- back in them days, uh, I was sp- a, a, a bit green in a sense too that I, I don't think you could have picked up an All-Star or any awards or anything like that had you got sent off for that, you know. And the easiest thing for me to do would be to turn around and join the posse and start swinging and, 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 and doing the same thing. And I said, do you know what? It's going to take, a, it's going to take, you know, that's easy to do. It's going to take something better to be able to walk away from it, stand your ground and say, you know what, I have further things down the line that I'm eyeing yeah. up. And, you know, I had that kind of mentality. And um, it, it proved to be, as I said, my pr- first priority was to win that all Ireland. That didn't happen. And fair play to Clare. They, they, they bet us, took the Munster final. What you miss nowadays is, is like even in that first month monster final in nineteen ninety eight, like I, uh, I was obviously obviously Mark and Connell Lynch, someone who I have a huge respect for, was, was an unbelievable hurler, and he, his mentality for for winning, you know, you just have to admire. And uh, to just come in on your point there, what you miss nowadays is that fifth, you know, that man on man, that battle, yeah, that yeah. battle where's who's going to come out? You'd know back then in 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 the early nineties and the early two thousands three weeks or three four weeks you could even know more you'd know even when you go back training in january who you're going to have a battle with yeah. within a 20 yard or 25 yard square uh, box and you know you'd be setting your mind and you'd be setting your mind for it and you miss that kind of one-on-one thing uh, from today's kind of environment you know yeah. 
just going what else under 21 actually um I believe you, you won under 21 yeah and yeah again you had a you're you're, you're telling me you know all Ireland's and that <laughs> you, you have an all Ireland under 21 you probably have about six of them have you <laughs> fortunate to have two yeah. now ah uh, no look it, it's something that I cherish to tell you the truth like not having won that senior one I I, I suppose something that I do cherish and um and going back then I suppose even when I said like you know I didn't have that foundation I suppose winning that under 21 we actually won it up in Nolan Park I'll never forget the crowds up there uh, who was that against the final? Uh, that was against Offaly Offaly yeah and the funny thing about it is is that we bet Clare in the Munster final in 92 we bet Offaly in the All-Ireland and, and both of those sets of teams really from that under 21 squad went on and won All-Irelands which, uh, which eats away at your times <laughs> as well but but it was fantastic for Watford at, at that time you know and I was lucky enough to captain that team I was still only 18 or 19 years of age on that and I captained that team and uh, young, yeah. yeah, it was it, it was great because, like as I said, I didn't grow up with lads who had all earning medals and stuff like that. And suddenly, I had one. I know it was an, uh, an underage one, uh-huh. but what it certainly done was it 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 it, it marketed hurling in in Watford and put a foundation in for what we have kind of today and what we went on to kind of do. And I believe I, I really believe that over since ninety two give a few years after that that we really were in at that table with the big lads and, and competing with us and, and finally the big lads took us seriously. This comes as Tony Brown puts all that muscle behind it and slashes it over the bar. It's 2007 actually, yeah, funny enough. And for me as well, like that year was a huge year for Waterford. Waterford going very, very well. I think Dan and Milan, everyone was, the forwards in particular, were just yeah. taken over. Mm-hmm. And um, I went up to the semi-final to, to watch yourselves against Limerick. And um, I have to say, in the first five minutes of that game, I was like, I knew Waterford were in trouble. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't a Waterford that played the other past couple of games. And I presume, did you go through Cork? Would you, obviously you would have went through Cork maybe that year. Would you in Munster and that? We did, yeah. We're, we went to a replay. replay. Yeah. That's right, That's yeah. Right, yeah. And you, yeah. Cork would normally would have bet you primarily maybe over years in Munster yeah. to a degree and yeah. you, you would have yeah. bet him that year and, and yeah. which was huge and he took the next step on and you are looking like definitely All-Ireland contenders we were already in the All-Ireland final and I would wonder you know what are the lads thinking neighbours neighbours here now All-Ireland mm-hmm. set up and it was gearing that way which it was but mm-hmm. Limerick just yeah came out came out of nowhere and uh, shock as he was a corner for Howard and yeah. these boys were looking for goals and they they had nothing to lose from what I could see that day yeah. and I remember half time came and I think to myself, you can't just switch on, switch no. it back on mentally. No. You know, some of the players were not in that frame of mind. That yeah. work rate was not there. There was expectations of getting the easy ball into the hand. I, I thought from looking yeah. on, yeah. and uh, you have to work for your own ball a lot of time, and that yeah. wasn't happening. So, yeah. and even though you still came close, I, like I, I don't think there was much in it, much yeah. in it in the end. But that was definitely one year that. I would yeah. put you up there to, to win it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think like I think from maybe two thousand. 2004 to 2007 we were really in our peak you know that was our chance like as well 2007 was something a little bit similar to 98 but when I look back at it I, I kind of knew maybe the I think I think it was the Wednesday night before we actually uh, played Limerick that we were in a slight bit of bother you Just know the mood atmosphere environment the, the mood but there was a lot of there was a lot of factors that actually came into it you must remember I think we had won the league that's yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 bet Kilkenny, which mentally took a huge, it took a huge energy from us. I know it was only the league, but the league was kind of, I think it could be in April or something at that time. Suddenly went into the the monster championship, and as you said, like Cork, 
you know, were a really, really strong outfit at the time and we ended up winning the Munster final. We played uh, Cork in the quarterfinal in Croke Park and went to a replay and, you know, what happened really was we played we played three games in the space of 21 days. Mentally, I suppose there was an All-Ireland on the horizon and it was just an... Uh, it was just mentally drained and like, you know, everyone expected us to win and it creeped in on us and it creeped in on us and, and, and in fairness to Limerick, like they had their work done, they just came out, they just came out like a rocket and, guns and, blazing. and guns blazing and, and shocked us almost and as you said, they weren't much in it and they pulled away like with a good few points but we, we kind of creeped back into yeah. it when we settled a bit but yeah, that is, it's definitely one year that I think that got away from us. Yeah. And three games, to be fair, in three weeks, like it's, mm. it's full on. You know, the energy that takes me, as you said, physically and mentally. And I think mentally is absolutely key here to actually to bring bring the feedback in the ground again, you know, what's what's ahead of us here and what, what Limerick gonna bring. Because again, if we take our all right off what's yeah. coming you know yeah. you're going to be yeah. if you're a percent or two off in games and that's what we always would have said a percent or two you could get yeah. taken to the cleaners yeah. and that's how, how yeah. tight it can be the margins yeah. are, are so small and I remember like even that week as I said the Wednesday night basically I suppose what got me thinking was like uh, you know Peter Kerwin was one of our physios at the time and I remember going up he only lives up around the corner from me in Kilmeaden and uh, I remember going up to him and saying you know what I'm going to really try to get myself right for this game now I know I'm sore and whatever and so many games and that going to have myself right remember said I'd go up now and I'd make sure he you know get a rub down off and make sure he gets out all the knots and bruises and everything and never forget driving in there and normally you wouldn't see a lot of cars there's a lot of other cars in the car park you know and I said geez he's busy I'll never get this done I'll have to call up to him early in the morning or whatever so I remember walking in the door and I think there was something like nine of our lads in there nine or ten of our lads in there waiting you know different various injuries and knocks and stuff yeah. like that and just looking kind of wrecked and tired and I said to myself I don't know if we're in that you know mm. if our, if our yeah. lads are right or and it just crept in and crept in and we should have been more mentally strong anyway then Michael in a, in a sense that you know like an All-Ireland final is serious business you know yourself and Jesus we were we do anything to win it you know mm. and with the schedule that we had we just should have refused to play that game yeah. as far as I know as far as I know I may be wrong but as far as I know had Cork bet us in that quarter final they weren't going to be playing Limerick Okay. And you know, we should have. I think we should have just been stronger and said, "Listen, you know, it's not. We, we need time, we need time, time out here." Going to Waterford for the ninth time. It's the last around. Now McCarthy, they're working in. Knocked him with the shot. Blocked this time. And out over the sideline for another line ball for Cork. They can hardly watch. The referee has blown his whistle because a Cork man down injured. Waterford man, is it? It could be Tony Brown. Yeah, it is. Uh, he dived in there. Full length over Cahill and probably got hit with the ball, I'd say. Seems to have a red mark, some blood there in his uh, arm as well. Yeah, he was very brave. I, I might get a chance to look at it again here. Um, we just see the ball come into Cahill and watch, watch Tony Brown. Ball hit him straight into the face there, yeah. What do you like to do to relax, Tony? What's... what's uh Oh, what do I like to do to relax, I suppose? Well, I never stop. I'm always, I'm always working away like... Uh, like it's it's no big secret. I, I I do a lot of fishing and stuff like that, you know. And even after big games, I suppose it's an area that we were reared into fishing for salmon and trout and various things like that. Uh, so like I just found it great, you know. I, I as I said, I wasn't a big drinker. I enjoyed a few pints and a crack with the lads, but you know, some lads used to like going out on a Monday and it and and you know a Sunday night and a Monday. Some would maybe creep into the Tuesday. Uh, but uh, no, I just like going out for a few pints on, on the Sunday, have a crack with the lads and then back to business. And I'd have the Monday off, obviously, after championship games overnight, go off maybe up there to um, 
to Lismore and West Waterford and cast out a few flies and before you know it there'd be a couple of there'd be a couple of hours gone and, and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah I found that I found that great. That was your uh, time to switch off. That was my time to switch off, yeah. It might be everyone's cup of tea now, oh, you know, no. but uh, And you find any pressures with other players going on the beer on the Mondays and saying, Look, maybe I should be with them early. I know you, you probably would have joined them maybe later on in, on on occasions, but yeah. would you have felt any pressures there to be in in with the lads for camaraderie and that kind of stuff are no 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 good. no look listen you get enough camaraderie like when you're training with lads for six or seven months of the year mm. you know and you're obviously like training camps and various things came into yeah. it so you know and like you know people would get to know your form quite quickly people knew what I was about and that was it and like you know one of my best mates would be Ken and he'd often text me where are you you coming in and I'd say, I don't know, you know, or I'm up in Lismore or whatever, and he'd leave me alone then, you know, you'd know then, like, you know, but... Uh, yeah. And that's fair play, that's, you, had, you had your own independence, which yeah, is great, because a lot of yeah. players might feel, I have to be there, but I do like that whole, yeah. do what you kind of want to do as well, do, like, yeah. you know, not to be getting tied into things that you actually don't necessarily want to be there, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Next time now you're on your yacht, will you will you give me a shout there and I'll go, <laughs> and we'll throw a few lines out, we'll throw a net. I will, yeah, 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 there's a fine river down there now in Kilmacow that we used to poach years ago, <laughs> I'll bring you down there some t- sometime now, you're you're uh, you're under pressure in the corporate world, or what have you, Michael, I'll bring you down there to untangle the mind. Good man, good man, no problem, yeah. Uh, Mount Sion, obviously a very famous club in Waterford here, you have many county titles, you have five or six? Yeah, have well, Seven. Seven. Uh, seven. Yeah, you have seven. Uh, monster title? Uh, one monster title, yeah. But again, uh, again, going back there, like, you know, I was lucky enough to pick up seven championship medals, and I always mm. I always loved club hurling. Anyone to tell you? The bread and butter. It's the bread and butter, yeah. really. But you always hear that cliche, like, bread and butter, yeah. and it's everything. But to me, I look in it uh, again in the modern arena that we're, we're operating in at the moment between county and club, and you just don't get the opportunity to play with club anymore and I always just I just love uh, uh, playing with the club and yeah no it's, it's good and as you said it's fixtures this year unfortunately have kind of the club is very much so now at the very back you know normally yeah. obviously it does come second which that's just the way it is but now it's you know geez, we mm. played one game in April and we're not playing out till the middle of August or end of August so yeah. and they, I don't know I think it's going to lose players now soon enough mm. because who wants to be hanging around for the whole year yeah. trying to train yeah, and going through yeah. a lot of slog and now mm. you know lovely summer months here there's nothing happening and next thing then you're into August or September and October and it's it's heavy fields it's cold it's dark you know we've no lights down in our field so yeah. <laughs> you're travelling to someone else's field then as well to try and train their place so it's yeah. not yeah. pretty at times but that's the way it is uh, that took place during the week in Harding uh, was the announcement by Waterford stalwart Tony Brown that he is retiring from the inter-county scene after some 23 years of service to the day show. Tony helped Waterford to four Munster Harding titles and a National League victory, while he himself, of course, won three All-Star awards and was the 1998 Hurler of the Year. Just look, you have a pub here, I suppose. Uh, mm. This is where we are today. We're in Macy's. It's on, it's on the Dungarvan. What was the... Um, yeah, so yeah, so this will be Mary Street Mary's here, right. and uh, yeah, we're here twelve months now. We bought this property about twelve months ago. But Dungarvan is a fantastic town. Uh, you know, it was a great atmosphere about it, and you know, there's lots of people like you. I suppose Dungarvan is in between uh, Cork and Waterford, really. And I've been up here working for the last uh, probably eight years or so with a brother, mine, Paul, and um, and we purchased this property. It's an old property. It's a, a bar here. And it's been closed last the last five years. You know, it was originally known going back years and years ago as Maisie's. Mm. 
and so we, we continued on that tradition when we, when we decided what, what did we want to do put a name on it and that because the people at Dungarvan could really uh, connect with that you know and we wanted to just do kind of a, an old style pub that people you know that would would uh, do the town I suppose proud in that and I said uh, Dungarvan is a thriving uh, new town we have the, the new greenway here that connects it and links it all up and that's right yes. yeah, it's, over it's, road, it's, yeah it's only yeah. over the road and it's really only starting to you know get very uh, hip and modern and uh it's exciting, Dungarvan's a really, really exciting place to be and, you know, we had to be a little bit different in a sense that Dungarvan people and West Waterford people are huge fanatical uh, GA supporters and horse, uh, sport supporters in, yeah. in general and, um, you know, you have some bars around the town that are really, really GA orientated and run, you know, they really uh, uh, operate uh, uh, at a serious level and that and we just had to do something a little bit different here you know so we kind of decided to open a, a gin and whiskey bar and we, we uh, stock over 80 gins and over 40 whiskies here at the moment and that's not to say you can't get a good pint of the black stuff here <laughs> as well you know but um, no, delighted the way it turned out and as I said like I'm, I'm not a big drinking man myself but it's a, it's a nice business because you get to meet different people every day whatever you're doing in here and there's always like a yarn or a story that you'll hear at the, the I don't think it would have done me much good now in my hurling days being behind there or whatever at times you know but uh, no it's uh, it's done me good in my, in my transition from retirement and um, mm. it's becoming a little bit of a passion that I did I'll be honest with you with retirement you know it's very hard to replace that passion and to find something that really ignites you and, and, and gives you the energy yeah. and that you enjoy a little bit like probably where you were coming from uh, with work and that it's it, it, it's 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 rare that you find that passion and like we were talking about with the GPA and stuff like that you know sometimes you might need someone just to sit down with and, and, and bring you through a personal development thing to actually yeah. say do you know what you're actually really passionate about that you know why don't you why don't you have a look at that or whatever and I, I struggled with that if I'm being honest uh, when I retired I'm retired now 2014 I retired you know I finished 2013 but I, I was going to go 2014 but then I said no get just get grab yourself by the scruff of the neck you know, and cop on you know <laughs> but um but no I love uh, uh, I love Dungarvan and it's given me that bit of passion to work towards something like Excellent. that you know yeah. yeah the greenway is fabulous there and look at the pub is fabulous as well Tony thanks very much for for taking your time to to, to talk to me today like it's a, a gent really relaxed fella uh softly spoken and I say the world could pass you by, and, and they'd be not a bother. You'd still be happy once you have your maybe your fishing rod, <laughs> a bit of chat, and uh, and you're out in the country. I think that's probably that's why Tony Brown maybe uh, a real chill though kind of character. In the middle of the field, Tony Brown is taking on the responsibility. Slight wing to his back, more cross field than anything else. Scored a goal to force the replay. Scores a point in extra time of that replay. And that was me, Michael Fenley, chatting to legendary Tony Brown on behalf of the Players Voice. If there's anyone you would like me to chat to, please email the Players Voice at GaelicPlayers.com. <laughs>